Hey guys, Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team. Downloaded the Dynasty Warzone podcast. It took one day. Joined the Patreon. Reached out to Memphis about a situation with one of my rosters. And the kind of feedback I got was, hey Nick, why don't you give me a call? Uh, we went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when I thought I was going to be in re- rebuild mode this year. And that's just part of what comes with the Patreon. Uh, just tr- uh, trade talks, just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football. Uh, whether it's 10 o'clock at night or 3 o'clock in the morning, there's always going to be fantasy football talk, whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty. I joined a couple leagues with the Patreon members, and it's the same thing. Even in, even while we're drafting, we're still shooting ideas at each other. And if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, pause the podcast now, join the Patreon, and join a, join a great fantasy football group, but more like a fantasy football family. What's happening, everybody? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. And on this week's show, we are going to discuss the quarterback staff rankings that are both postseason and pre-free agency. Uh, the reason why we do this pre-free agency is that the free agency uh, outcomes could significantly impact how we view this class. But I'll tell you who's had a significant impact on my life. It's the man of the hour and the man with the power. He is Gerald Sinclair. Jerry, man, what's going on? Nothing, man. Happy to be back. Excited to talk this. Excited to talk with you. A little a little bitter that I had to work yesterday. I didn't get to talk to uh, our homie G from the Aussie guys. He's like uh, he's like the uncle that calls you a dumbass a lot. He he's like that for me. So I missed that opportunity. But you guys did a kick-ass show. We're gonna do a kick-ass show. I mean, what else is there, man? You know, I, I was really uh, would have loved to have had you there. So we we ranked and drafted the rookies from the last three classes: twenty twenty one, twenty twenty, and twenty nineteen. Probably didn't go how people would have expected it to go. Um, and really just a lot of good conversation around quarterback, the the quarterback play, and uh, what it means to be in Superflex. So we're going to jump into our staff rankings. Um, got a couple of reviews, a couple of five stars from some gents. Actually, one's a four-star. One's from a gentleman named Sean D. That's the capital letter D with lots of E's. So I pronounce that Sean D. Sean, you know, he he enjoys the podcast. I've been having some technical issues, so I think I've got them fixed. Um, I was like halfway fixed on last night's show, and I think I'm all the way fixed. We we did some pre-show, uh, some pre-show adjustments, and I think we're good. And then uh, Hal wants us to keep the intro short. Hal, damn it, we're doing the best we can. We're down from like 15, 20 minutes, dude. We're down to like five, and I'm going to make it even shorter tonight. And uh, make sure to check out yesterday's show. Uh, you can find it everywhere, podcast, YouTube, whatever. We uh, broke down those rookies. And um, hit the social medias. You can hit us up on the uh, IG and Twitter at Dynasty Warzone on both. You can hit me up at DWZ Memphis and Jerry at Jerry DWZ on Twitter. And if you are not a social media icon like Jerry Sinclair, then you can just email us. Dynasty Warzone at Email.com. You want to check out that rookie ranking show, man. Matt Hicks, G, 
and Jordan McNamara brought the heat. Would have loved to have had Jerry there. Now, Jerry, I want to talk philosophically about, about some quarterbacks before we uh, we get too deep into our staff rankings. What do you make about all of this potential this potential quarterback moves and uh, moves that I think will happen eventually? Um, how about we start with one near and dear to your heart, a guy who I know is not in our top 12, hashtag spoiler alert, but uh, a guy real near and dear to your heart and could be near and dear to my heart very soon. Matthew Stafford, what is your take as a Lions fan? When you're not on mute, you're just like G. Oh, my effing God, every time. Uh, I think he is going to be near and dear to your heart, Randy. I, it, I There's just something in it that just feels like he's going to be a Colt, and I feel like that's going to be a great spot for him. What do you want me to say? It sucks. It, it sucks that we actually hit on a draft pick. He's turned out to be an exquisite quarterback. And in Lions fashion, we piss it away and we can't do anything with it. Listen, it, it, it's good. It's good for him and it's good for us. It is time. It, he doesn't want to live through us blowing up the roster outside of him. And, you know, it's a new NFL. And when we drafted Matthew Stafford, we didn't have the the rookie deals where, you know, he was the top paid player in the NFL the moment we drafted him number one overall. And it was sort of trying to recover from that. We had to pay Calvin Johnson tons of money and Dominican Sue tons of money, Matthew Stafford tons of money. And then they changed the whole thing. And unfortunately, we never really got to experience that rookie deal quarterback. So we did have to blow it up. I promise you, I promise you. I will be rooting for Matthew Stafford to win a Super Bowl ring. I don't care where he goes. If he goes to the Patriots, if he goes to the Packers, I will still root for Matthew Stafford to win a ring just because that dude is the man. And ever since that rookie season with the Cleveland Browns and he separated his shoulder and he still won the game and it snapped the road losing streak of a 16 quintillion games or whatever our piss poor organization pulled together. Good for him. It's big. This is a weird offseason, Randy. The, the, the quarterbacks that are going to be on the move are going to be dynasty-shaking moves that are going to just send ramifications throughout every single league. It is going to be so freaking fun, man. Well, I, I, as a Colts fan, I hope that we are on the receiving end of Matthew Stafford uh, I was listening to, I like to use uh, references. You know, Jer- Jerry's in college. He he writes, actually, that's not fair. Jerry's in grad school. He's trying to become something special. Good for Jerry. But I want to make sure that I use references. If you use someone else's take, you should always give them credit. And I was listening to the GM Shuffle podcast with Mike Lombardi. And his theory is that the Lions will not want to put Matthew Stafford on an NFC team. He's like, and then you have to look at teams with the salary cap to be able to absorb $25 million. You know, that's about what he's going to be making over, over the next two years. And you start going down that list. I've got it pulled up right here. you got Jacksonville. They're clearly going to go Trevor Lawrence. you got the New York Jets, uh, I think a young rebuilding team similar to the Lions. They're not going to want a 13-year vet. Uh, Indianapolis, third overall. New England with $50 million. Then Cincinnati, they, they've got their guy. Uh, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady already under contract. The Chargers, they've got their quarterback. The Dolphins, and then the Washington football team. All those teams have twenty-one plus million or more in projected salary cap. So, so who does that really leave? It leaves the Colts. It leaves New England, and he theorized that the Denver Broncos could be in there as well because they're like in that twelve to fifteen million range from cap. 
I, I think it's huge for everybody involved. I don't think his overall value goes up too much. He's worth about what a 13-year veteran quarterback capable of those stats is worth in, in Dynasty. But it's a huge boon for whoever's offensive weapons he lands with. If he lands with Denver, with Cortland Sutton and K.J. Hamler and Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy, excuse me, Noah Fant, the Colts with, I think T.Y. Hilton will re-sign a very team-friendly deal and stay a year. Uh, you got Paris Campbell, Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor. So it's going to be good for for wherever he lands. The other one that, that I was I talked about, and I've got this written, I'm not going to go too deep into detail, is Deshaun Watson. We're going to get into him tonight. Obviously, he's going to be very high in our rankings. But is he going to go much higher whether he's a Houston Texan or a Miami? Can, can, can he surpass? Does, does I'll, just, I'll just leave it at this. Does Deshaun Watson – for some hypothetical reason, does him landing in Miami or him landing in New York, does that vault him past uh, anybody for you? Would, would, would that change the scenery? We're not going to get to your rankings yet. That's our next destination. But would a change of scenery for Deshaun Watson cause him to – he's already pretty high on your list, but would it cause him to leapfrog anybody? Um, I don't think so. It, I mean, it would have to be just landing in a gravy spot, and I don't think that's going to be a situation that comes of – comes to fruition. Well, I, I, I'm gonna take I'm, I'm gonna take Miami off the board to begin with because of the Laramie Tunsil trade. Because anything that Miami gives Houston back in return for for Deshaun Watson is just going to have the perception around it that Miami paid him with their own money, for lack yeah. of a better term. You know, they're they're just basically trading Laramie Tunsil straight up for Deshaun Watson, and you can't have that. And I feel really bad for Nick Casario. He's got the the the, the newest, most dangerous eyes in the NFL now that Adam Gase is currently unemployed. But how, how would you like to be that guy? How would you like to be the guy who, on like your it's your first month at work, you don't even know the city, you're the new guy, you've not even got pencils in your pencil holder, and you have to deal with potentially trading the second best quarterback in the in the entire NFL. Nick Casario, buddy, congratulations. You got your dream job, but here's what's next, man. Could could you imagine that? No. I mean, you want to talk about a just a lose-lose situation? That that is one of them. Good good luck, my friend. Yeah, I, I think I handle that with, "Hey man, uh I I didn't ask for this, you didn't ask for this, but we're in this together and how can we make this better going forward?" Because uh I, the other way I would handle it, if I was Nick Casario, I would literally go to the Jets and say, okay, you're one of the two teams. We're not trading him to Miami because of the Tunsil situation. So here's what I want. I want Sam Darnold, your 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 five picks that are all inside the top 100 this year, and a first next year. And then when the Jets say no, because the Jets are going to say no to that, then I'm going to go to Deshaun Watson. I'm going to say, look, we offered them what we think you're worth. We think you're worth six picks and Sam Darnold. And quite frankly, I think we're taking the worst end of the deal because that's how much we believe in you. They didn't believe in you at that cost. So unfortunately, we would lo- we, we tried. We tried to honor your request to get you out of town. That's not going to work. So how can we make this better? And, and I just kind of, uh, I, I kind of finagle it by asking for so much. And then if for some reason we've all done this in a dynasty trade, if the, if the Jets blink and give you six picks and Sam Darnold, well then, Okay. Let, let, move move JJ Watt and get to getting. And speaking of getting to getting, we're going to get into our staff ranks. But uh, that opening segment, talking about dynasty and quarterbacks, Hal and Mark, the two guys who wanted a faster intro, 
that was for you guys. But the next thing I want to talk about is patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Those are the listeners and subscribers that keep this thing rolling. Everything that we do, the uh, YouTube service, and not the YouTube, excuse me, the, the streaming service, everything that we do is, is you know supported by the Patreon. So patreon.com, what's in it for you? I'm going to say the best group chat in fantasy sports, and there are several of our patrons that would tell you that it's the best Patreon they're in, as many of them are in several uh, premium subscription groups. Uh, we're getting ready to start startup season. Uh, Jerry sending me bad trade offers and patron leagues tonight <laughs> as we speak. Uh, and it's just a spot where if, if you're into Dynasty more than your league mates are into Dynasty, I think we all have those leagues like that, Jerry. Like the, the minute the confetti comes down in the Super Bowl, it's crickets until your rookie draft. And then it's crickets until August. And uh, we've been having a lot of fun, man. I mean, uh, we've got this the separate rookie chat talking about rookies. Uh, and all of it's included. We've got the gambling thing where we've uh, we've pulled up some money. And we've been making some wagers on uh, some prop bets. Been killing it over at the, uh, the People's Prop Cast. So I think for what you get for the money, it's all about value. Jerry, what am I always looking for in a, in a fantasy football league? Uh, volume and value. Volume and value. There is a volume of conversation, and there is a value in what you get over at patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. Check it out. I don't think you'll be disappointed. If you have any questions, DM me or Jerry. I'm at DWZ Memphis. He's at Jerry Sin DWZ. So let's, in, let's get into it, Jerry. I, I think I like going in reverse order. Reverse order of, uh, it's kind of like a drum roll, please. So this, this number 12 guy, he's a veteran. Uh, I'm not surprised he's on there statistically, but I'm kind of surprised that he's on there uh, as the 12th quarterback in a startup in, in our quarterback rankings. It's Ryan Tannehill. Now, I see right here that he is not in your top 12, and he is not in my top 12, but five of the other rankers from the staff have him inside the top 12, and one ranker has him as high as nine. Now, I know from a production standpoint, he has been right there with Patrick Mahomes literally since week seven of 2019. He's had a hell of a run. My concerns, he recently fell out of my top 12. My concerns are Arthur Smith is gone. Corey Davis is gone. They're going to be investing in the defensive line. It's a run-first team. I have a lot of questions. So he fell out of my top 12. He's out of your top 12. What do you think about Ryan Tannehill? I mean, I get it. I get it. He's just, he's not the sexy guy. He's the guy that if you have him, you are so happy to have the production that he's giving you. But when it comes to trade negotiations with Ryan Tannehill, it's a, you're going to give him away, which is why most people that have Ryan Tannehill keep Ryan Tannehill because he's not worth the value that you're going to lose by trading. I get it. I get it. And and honestly, there's there's a debate. There's probably like 14 or 15 guys that if you had them as high as nine and as low as 15, I wouldn't really be that shocked. I just didn't have Ryan Tannehill there. But, you know, I have leagues with Ryan Tannehill. And let me tell you, I was damn excited to see the things that the man does. And he's got A.J. Brown. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought someone else in. Plus, you know, maybe John U. Smith is going to be a little bit more consistent at some point. You know, all all it takes is is a spark for a tight end to just sort of explode like we've seen. Um, so I get it. Mine, mine's Kirk Cousins. So it, 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 is that sexy? No, 
But I mean, he's he's just this sort of range of guys is always the unsexy guys that you have as your QB two, and they're usually got you in the the semifinals or the championship, you know. And you sort of need a big week to to get you the title from them. So I I, I don't mind it. Him and Cousins are sort of the same thing. So I I get it. I mean. I think you said it very well. I think where you're getting him, I, I think he's probably lower than this in a startup. If I had to be, if I had Absolutely. to be dead honest, I, I I don't really dig a lot into like ADP. I know Ryan McDowell and the guys over at the DLF probably, well, probably nothing. Definitely do the best job with uh, Dynasty ADP data in the industry. So Ryan and that group do a great job. So I don't think Tannehill's even in the top in the top twelve in, in a startup. But he's been damn sure giving you top 12 at the position the last two years on a points per game basis. He's easily been inside the top five. So we, we love QBs like this as a group over here at the Dynasty Warzone. We love guys that will give you QB1 production at QB2 prices. That's the best way to win because we're going to get into some, some of these other guys here in just a second. But I mean, I think that's a, a great, a great way of framing the conversation around Ryan Tannehill. Kirk Cousins is another one. My fear with Cousins is that he's going to get, I believe, his fourth offensive coordinator in four years as uh, Kubiak, who, first of all, Gary Kubiak is not even 60 years old. How is that possible? I feel like he's been <laughs> in the league for 47 years. Did he start when he was 12? Were there not child labor laws back then? I don't get it. 15, it said 59. I swear it was a typo. I swear Roto World, when I saw that blurb, was a typo. So what I do? Went directly to Wikipedia. It also said 59. I was like, this is bullshit. This got this made no way. But anyway, let, let's get into uh, number 11. Number 11 has never taken a snap in the NFL, Jerry. He has uh, won a national championship. He looks like sunshine from the movie Remember the Titans. It is T-Law. It is Trevor Lawrence. Now, he is ranked 11th in our staff uh, rankings overall composite. He is as high as 10 for both me and you. And we have a couple of people that have not ranked him yet. I think that'll change as we get into next month's rankings. But Trevor Lawrence, Jerry, what have you seen? You're a little bit more in tune to the college game than I am. But what have you seen out of T-Law that has you excited enough to put him in your top 10 in a quarterback rankings in a startup? I don't think it matters what he looks like because the perception around him, no matter how it turns out right now, the man, the, the one Oh one pick in Trevor Lawrence is unbelievably valuable just because of the echo chamber. That is everybody talking about how he is the best prospect they have scouted. We've heard everybody. I mean, our man, Shane Hallam said it is the best person he has scouted at the quarterback position in the 17 years that he's done this. Now, that, that would that would include Andrew Luck, right? Yeah, and I'm a lot saying. of guys. And and here's the thing: I haven't, guys. Done, I haven't done this for 17 years. That includes Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes and all these other guys. Now, not doesn't necessarily mean they're going to have production like him, but it means they're going to be. He's going to be a pretty safe guy to have. He's going to have everything you need. He can run. He's a big, big dude. And and you know, yes, he has had lots of talent at Clemson but not like Alabama has. I mean, and the the thing about Clemson and Dabo Sweeney, he's had guys ready for the league. I mean, all you got to do is look at Deshaun Watson and see that. So uh, would I be upset if people didn't have him? Sort of. I mean, but I think 
I, I think based on his value, there's no way you don't have him right here, right now. Because the amount you can get for him in his trade value on, what is today? January 26, 2021, is sure as hell in this range of player. It, big dude, awesome. Find You know what, listener, Randy? Find a person that doesn't like him. Find that person. Well, and, and, and ask I, them I why. Because like you know I, what I haven't seen? I haven't seen any of that. Well, I I think people the, the people who are naysaying him are the same people to your point who naysayed Andrew Luck, who naysayed Ezekiel Elliott. Anytime that there's a consensus, Saquon Barkley, anytime there's a consensus around a player, there's always going to be someone who goes against the grain. And and, and then, you know, it's kind of like that YOLO shot. You know, it's just a hot take. And the minute the hot take is no longer hot, they they just move on and to the next one. And, and the way to silence. And the one thing that I love, and I hate this as a Colts fan, but it's my honest reaction about Trevor Lawrence, is this team has got, it looks like, 11 picks, and six of those 11 are inside the top 100. They're not done adding pieces. You know, they've got LaVisca, who flashed. I still have my injury concerns around him. Uh, I think your boy James Robinson is safe, unless unless for some reason they were to get an Aaron Jones, uh, someone like that in free agency, he- but... That would be good for Trevor Lawrence, though. It would be good for Trevor Lawrence. It would be bad for our our yeah. uh, our man love for James James Robinson. But just saying that, you know, for me, I, I have him ahead of Aaron Rodgers, who's number ten. We're going to get into a Rod here in just a second. But I would much rather have him. Do I want the twenty one year old or do I want the thirty eight year old? This is a dynasty league, gang. And, and here's the thing. Aaron Rodgers is a real moody. Well, I'll just go ahead and transition. Aaron Rodgers is number 10. He's a real moody bitch, And you know what? He is awesome. And do I think, uh, I think he's playing NFL football in 2021? Absolutely do I do. If, if I had to wager an amount of money, I hope to, uh, that would be meaningful to me. What team do I think he's playing with? The Green Bay Packers. Is he still going to rough up on the Detroit Lions? You bet your ass he is. Is he still going to rough up on the Minnesota Vikings? Uh-huh. Is he, is he still going to thunder punch the Chicago Bears? You bet your ass he is, as well as the rest of the NFC. And, and from what we do from a dynasty standpoint, he's going to continue to be a very useful asset. He, he's a very win-now piece. He is a very win-now piece. And I will be honest, if Tom Brady loses in the Super Bowl, or if Tom Brady comes back in 2021 in general, where I could get Tom Brady in a startup as my QB2, I would much rather get Tom Brady and go on a year-to-year basis than I would with with Aaron Rodgers at where I have to acquire them. I like both. But I think Tom Brady was the QB8 in 2020, and I think he can be just as serviceable next year. So if I'm going to chase an old guy, I'm going to chase an old guy at value. That's why I have Aaron Rodgers at 11, but I still like Aaron Rodgers in a startup better than the likes of Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, you know, Baker, Stafford. It's, it's a per, I get that I, I may be working with a two to three year asset, but I can figure out my, my next QB in those, you know, one to two really good years for, uh, for a rod. Plus I can flip him to a contender if at some reason, you know, coming down the stretch, next year. So I, I like A-Rod. I have him at, at 11. You have him at 11. What are your thoughts on Mr. Rogers and his neighborhood? Man, same as you. Listen, yeah, listen, he's, <laughs> I, I love the Mr. Rogers. 
The man is good. The man, you took my, my breath away. How sweet would it be for them for him to do some kind of? Uh, I know he's going to host Jeopardy, uh, like a celebrity Jeopardy. But how sweet would it be for Aaron Rodgers to pull a Peyton Manning, host Saturday Night Live, and do a Mister Rogers, a Mister Rogers meets Homie the Clown from In Living Color back in the day? <laughs> just, just looks like Mister Rogers, but just you know hits kids about the head with a sock and is a total ass. How sweet would that be? Aaron Rodgers don't play that. No, that would be awesome. Uh, I Yeah, I have him at 11. He's good. He's everything you just said he is. All, all you had to do was watch the man play in the NFC Championship. You know he still got it. I mean, it's not his fault that Kevin King can't guard anybody, and he kept giving up touchdowns. But, yeah, I have Trevor Lawrence ahead of him, too, just by one spot, just like you. You know, we're, we're two peas in a pod. One's 21. One's 171. I don't – the old guy is great if you need him to win a championship – he is the absolute picture-perfect piece to trade away to whichever quarterback that's young gets hurt next year so that you can give him to that team and go, oh, no, I am so sorry that you lost this quarterback. That is unfortunate. But the thing about money is you would like to win it. Here's Aaron Rodgers. Let me have this, and then I'll win for the next three years. You enjoy this year. That's what I'm doing with Aaron Rodgers. He, he's got to be in here just because he is a bad, bad man. And he gets you all the fantasy points that you need. Longevity is a thing. And longevity is a reality. And even at the quarterback position, the man's clock is ticking. And I'm not sure he's got that Tom Brady in him. Now, he's he's good. And he's, he's old. Tom Brady is a cyborg. So, And to your point, I would also prefer Tom Brady at cost just because you're going to get pretty close to the same production and you are not going to be drafting them anywhere near in the same spot. I think if you're doing a startup, cause startup seasons are right around the corner, usually after the super bowl at some, somewhere around the first of March, I know MFL does their rollover of dynasty leagues. A lot of sleeper leagues are already rolling over as we speak. And if you're doing hashtag startup season, Hey, I get it, but you have to have a plan. If you go into your startup, and we're going to do a whole show on startups here in a couple of weeks, but if you go into your startup without a plan and, and you're just kind of like grab ass in your way through it, and then the next thing you know, you wind up with Aaron Rodgers, you're not going to be very happy with your roster in about a year or two. But if you go into that roster and you're trading up and, and you know, you're going to get the money, you're going to get the championship in year one, I dig it. But if not, you you can't do any kind of anything else with, with Aaron Rodgers. Let's go into a guy on the other end of his career arc. So we have Aaron Rodgers. You know, he probably got a few years left, but he is not quite ready to hang him up. This next guy, Joe Burrow, uh, he comes in as high as number seven for me. Uh, the lowest he's ranked in the dynasty rankings is 11. The uh, composite score for the group is nine overall. I'm the highest. I'm the highest on Joe Burrow, and I wasn't coming in, but I saw what I needed to see. Uh, I don't like his head coach. I said this last night on the rookie, oh, excuse me, on the, uh, the, 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 I guess it was the rookie, you know, mock draft from the last three classes. And I saw on Twitter where, uh, and, and this is just dynasty and fantasy Twitter in general. Wouldn't it be great if they drafted Jamar Chase at the, uh, the 105? If they do, Mike Brown and Zach Taylor need to be arrested for criminal negligence you get that man Panay Sewell you get him the uh I forget his name the the, the big tackle 
out of uh, Northwestern, you get this man some protection. Not only will it help him, it'll help Joe Mixon. It'll allow for a lot more to develop. You can move the uh, the tackle they drafted a couple of years ago out of Jonah Williams. You can kick him over to the right side if you want to. There's a lot you can do by investing. Not only do I think they should invest the first, their first overall pick, the 105, they should also invest their second round pick in an offensive line. Look at how good Phillip Rivers looked in Indianapolis with, with some some. I don't think Frank Reich is a coaching superstar. I think he's pretty good, but Philip Rivers behind a good. I mean, we take that back. A great offensive line, a good running game, and even marginal weapons. Philip Rivers had four thousand yards passing. He had over twenty five touchdowns. I mean, it stands to reason that if the man's standing upright and can move the ball into the hands of T. Higgins and uh, Tyler Boyd and, and Joe Mixon's running the ball, and maybe they add another piece or two in free agency. The next thing you know, you got a pretty nice little offense there. So I, I'm hoping they do the right thing. I'm a big, big Joe Burrow guy, as you can tell by my seven ranking. Jerry, I'm higher than you. You have him number nine. And uh, talk about Joey B. Yeah, it's something about Joe Burrow. I was actually very surprised to hear you had him at seven. I thought you were going to be ready to berate me for having him at nine, which is consensus with everybody else for the most part. Everything you just said, I think T Higgins is a dog and I think we're going to be talking about T Higgins for a long time. And I think at some point, let me just look to the sky, pick, pick a deity, whatever one you want, pray to whoever it is that one time, one time we will get Joe Mixon to actually put it all together. Because that'll just help JoJo and, too, and, and then sell him. Side note: just sell him. <laughs> yeah, we right. does sell because he, he by that point he will have a half a decade in the National Football League. But I, I apologize. Keep going. No, I mean it. That's true though. Does listen? Actually, it doesn't help me because I don't have a ton of Joe Mixon shares because I've hated him for this entire career for the most part. But I do think at some point the man is going to explode, and I think that is going to help Joe Burrow. I think this offense is in need of a better coach. Like I have heard a certain wise man mention several times over the last couple of months. Um, but age is the game too. I mean, you know, you don't want to overreact to age, but if you see a young guy come into this league in not a great situation, he was the first overall pick for a reason. Cincinnati was shit and he did well. I mean, he played what 10 games. He had, I think half of them were over 300 yards, multiple three touchdown games, several rushing touchdowns too. What, what more can you want from the man? I I think it, as, as they continue to grow, for the love of all that is good, just let hire Memphis to be your GM so you can get some offensive linemen so you can protect the damn man. He is your guy. He's an Ohio kid. You drafted him to an Ohio pro football team. He is the heartbeat of your state at this point. Uh, and, and we're going to get into my rank of another guy within his own division. I think he's the best quarterback in the division. I know people in Cleveland and Baltimore want to throw hands, but one of us needs a good ass whooping, I guess. I think you got the best quarterback in the division. Let's take care of him. Let's uh, let's continue to support that man. Now, I, now this next guy for me, and I'll get into that. We uh, this next guy is number eight in our consensus ranks. Ironically, you have him at eight. I have him at eight. He's as high as six for one ranker. And his lowest is nine. And that's Russell Wilson. 
the yo-yo man himself, Mr. Limited, not unlimited. He's like, un, he's like semi quasi limited. He come coming in hot, Russ coming in hot, just literally just, you know, bootstrapping teams, pull them up by the bootstraps and just dragging them to greatness. And then two years in a row, somewhere around like week nine or 10, it just goes into the, the shitter fast. And then now they fire, they fire Schottenheimer, the, the offensive coordinator. And uh, Pete Carroll is talking about how he wants to run the ball, run the ball. I, this can't be good for Russell Wilson. Uh, I think he's in that Matthew Stafford age range around 32. Now, Russell Wilson may be, may be the only quarterback in the NFL who's even remotely on Tom Brady's level as it relates to taking care of himself. He's never really been injured. He does a great job of getting out of bounds, even though he's got that 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 limited Konami code. He can run a little bit, but it's not the focal point of his game. For for me, this is this is the line, Jerry, because the, the this next group, I feel like this is the line where if if you don't have, we're getting ready to talk about another seven guys. But once you get past that seven guys, this is right here where in a super flex startup, people start doing some weird, weird shit. This is where it's just like, oh my God, there's seven quarterbacks going. I, I better just grab one. And I think owners haphazardly just start grabbing Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, Aaron Rodgers. We start grabbing these guys because, well, we it's our in our nature. We all play fantasy sports, which means we've probably played real sports, which probably means we're competitive people deep down at our core. So you just grab one. And this is the line for me. Russell Wilson is just outside the circle of awesome. That's what I'm calling it. Just outside the circle of greatness. Because he is great from an NFL standpoint. I get very nervous. My uh, confidence is very limited about uh, Russell Wilson as it relates to what he's statistically going to put on fantasy scores going forward. So I like Big Russ. Where are you at on Big Russ? I am. I have him at eight myself, so I am sort of chalk with everybody else here. I think he's probably in my mix of like guys at the top there. Like he's right outside of yours. I think he is the line for me. Like I, if I got Russell Wilson, I'd be like, okay. I I can I can deal with Russ. He can still drop me a forty bomb, which is cool. He is gonna shit the bed at some point though, and that is the unfortunate thing. And the thing about this year was was that he did it at the end of the year, which is not usually what he does. Usually he's the the guy that you're pissed off that you took. And then once you get into the playoffs, that's when he drops 38 points on you and you're you're thrilled that you have him. But it's, I mean, that's a weird situation. I mean, Seattle's been in a weird spot. They've sort of been just propped up because of Russell Wilson. Tyler Lockett, I believe, is under contract for next year. I'm pretty sure his dead cap, they could save a ton of money if they don't bring him, but... I, I would guess they do. I would guess they think they're still going to win, so they'll they'll resign him. Plus DK Metcalf, he he just fits perfect for what Russ does. So I, I think that's going to help. Hopefully they could add another piece. Hopefully you know it, Chris Carson is healthy or whoever whoever they have is going to be healthy. It's not going to be Rashad Penny because he's Rashad Penny <laughs> because it's Rashad Penny. Well, and Chris um, Carson's a free agent. So I, I tweeted this a couple of weeks ago. I don't know who yet. I think at some point this cloud will be lifted, but there are three teams in 2021 that are going to mint brand new running back ones, whether that's a free agent or whether that's a rookie. I truly believe Seattle, Pittsburgh, and Atlanta are going to bring the new hotness to the running back position. Seattle, because 
The head coach fired a guy because he wants to run the ball more. Okay, that's good for running backs. Pittsburgh has got to run the ball more. They can't have Big Ben, you know, chucking it, you know, like five yards per attempt going forward. And then the new head coach slash play caller in Hotlanta, uh, Arthur Smith, we saw what he did to resurrect and just explode the career of Derrick Henry. So we're going to mint three new RB1s. But because of that, that's that's my nerd. That's my trepidation. Jerry, you love that word, trepidation around Big Russ. Uh, it's not about Russ's talent. It's not about r- what Russ can do. Uh, I think Pete Carroll is going to be run the ball, play defense, and they don't have a first-round pick. And they continue to need offensive line help. They're going to need uh, you know, some, some defensive help. So where they don't really have a lot of cap space. I really am, am nervous about how are they going to be able to surround Russ with what he needs, even if he were to be allowed to continue to cook. I know people will say DK DK's enough, but for the most Is part, over the, over the last part of the season, man, I think teams were start, starting to slowly see how to take him away at times. Yeah, and those the, big, the problem was the first like five or six weeks, the dude was just a superhuman, and everybody wanted him to be a superhuman, and it meshed. So that's all everybody remembers. But it, it, I. I I think you sort of convinced me. I think because I am trepidatious about Russell Wilson too, so I think I think he is sort of on my outside. Uh, I think because these next couple of guys that we're about to talk about, full that, confidence, well, full, full know, sale. We, we, we have we have one more commercial, but I, I'm going to save it because we're going to do it at the at, at the six. We're going to do it at the halfway point. Uh, but this is for me. This is the circle of awesome for me. Uh, th- this is where I, I think you you really want to be. And I won't mention the name because I'm. If you're not promoting me, I'm not promoting you. But I saw another group doing a uh, a Twitter uh, superflex startup, and I was very happy to see a lot of quarterbacks going in the first round. Because right now, the way the NFL the way the NFL is going, not only do you have to have a good quarterback, you have to have one you can trust. I'm. I, I still I listen to a ton of other podcasts, non fantasy related. I'm still not 100% sure that Miami doesn't take another quarterback at three. Am I 98% sure to a safe? Maybe 94%. But I still think there's that small sliver of a percentage that Tua could, could be, you know, bounced. And, and it's crazy. That is the NFL in 2021. The Rams are talking about taking a $35 million cap hit and doing something with Jared Goff. There were people who really thought that Carson Wentz was going to lose his gig in in Philadelphia it is the weirdest time in the NFL for quarterbacks that we've er, ever experienced in a in in forever and when you're building your dynasty roster I I want to because this is high acquisition cost capital for your roster I want to get it as right as humanly possible if there's any doubt fear trepidation whatever word you want to use around your quarterback You've got headaches, man. Ryan Ryan Tannehill's got headaches right now. We don't know who his OC is. Joe Burrow's got headaches right now. We don't know what his wheel's going to look like coming back from from dual ligament surgery. This next seven guys, we don't have a whole lot to worry about contractually, talent-wise, points in your lineup every week. So that's why this is the line of demarcation. And number seven on the staff rankings, ironically, I'm the lowest on him. I try to say all these nice things about this seven. Lamar Jackson. I have him at nine. He's as high as number four for one of our rankers. Jerry, you're you're uh, you're right there. You're you're one spot above consensus with Lamar. Number six. Tell me about it. I mean, the dude's rushing floor is a thousand yards. So 
it's weird that we have this conversation where he's here because last year the dude won everybody leaks. I, I mean, in 2019, if you won a championship, I would say nine out of 10 times, you either had Christian McCaffrey or you had Lamar Jackson. And we're talking about this dude as the seventh quarterback. So it, it shows what a year can do. But honestly, the passing is suspect. The The receivers are there. Sort of like Hollywood shows up every once in a while. I don't know if it's fair to call him Hollywood at this point. Uh, Mark, uh, how, about, how about Inglewood? How about Inglewood? Yeah, Brown? yeah he's a, he's Watts. Still, he's okay. Yeah, he's in Watts. He's in Inglewood. Um, you know, he he's not quite the bright lights in, of, of Hollywood, but he's he's trying to get there. He's within the L.A. County. I'm with you. I, I like what you're doing there. But I mean, the floor of Lamar Jackson is just mm, just too good. I mean. It, and the thing about him is when you're watching it and you're you're checking your scores because I'm not a person that just ignores, uh, you know, the box score. Oh, 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 no, 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 no. Jerry is checking every single one of his leagues on Sunday, 384 times every hour because I like to torture myself. And the thing is, is sometimes you're watching Lamar Jackson's game and you see four for about an hour and a half. And then the next thing you know, it's 31, and you go, what in the hell happened? So then I just search Lamar Jackson on Twitter, and there's a 75-yard touchdown run where he doesn't get touched by anybody, and that's the guy I want on my fantasy team because he has the potential to do that. So he, yes, he is a little bit scary in the passing game. It's suspect. Nobody that watches the man doesn't see it. We see it. But the ability to score touchdowns the way he does in an offense that's very conducive to him, I would love, love to see this man dump it off to DK, uh, J.K. Dobbins, excuse me, for a couple more touchdowns just to just boost that value and to just get everybody excited about J.K. Dobbins too. So that's why he's sort of right here for me. I have him ahead of one of the guys in the circle, Randy Circle of Awesome. But it's only because of his running ability. Randy, Lamar, take it away. First of all, JK, DK, JJ, all day, (laughs) don't matter. They're all awesome. But yeah, I'm with you on Mr. Dobbins as well. For me, as we get into the the next six that that, that we as a group have ahead of Lamar, you're going to see that it's kind of like where those two lines intersect. You know, where Lamar has got a much higher rushing, you know, threshold, but all these guys ahead of him have a much higher passing threshold, but they're also pretty mobile on their feet. Uh, some of them are full-blown Konami code quarterbacks. You're going to talk about one of your personal faves here in just a minute, but all of the guys behind him are clearly better throwers of the football. So for me, that makes me nervous. Um, I saw the the tweet. Uh, it was a beat reporter from the the Baltimore newspaper talking about how he was concerned that wide receiver free agents would not want to come to Baltimore. And then there was a a quote from Harbaugh saying that if a wide receiver comes here and is expecting stats and yada, 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 well, why don't you just put a sign in your front yard that says, hey, we're not throwing the ball to you here. We're a running team. Okay, cool. Well, then you're going to have to draft wide receivers because you're not going to get the Allen Robinsons and the guys who want some combination of money and passing volume. So I, it was an interesting comment by a head coach right before free agency. It was a little uh, a little taken back, but for me, Lamar is number nine, number seven for the group. So before we get into the top six, I'm going to jump into a quick commercial. So 
Viridian Global. That's V-E-R-I-D-I-A-N. Viridian Global, our official apparel provider. Now, you can get all your normal sweet DWZ merch. If you're watching on YouTube, you see Jerry's cap. Looks great with his freshly manicured beard. He, lo- he looks somewhere between like early 90s Ice Cube and like a boy bander, you know, like Joey Fatone or something like that. But but really, he just looks smooth in a DWZ hat. We also have the TJ Hockamania shirt. We have the Aaron Godger shirt. Uh, great designs by our boy, Matty Big Chest. And then if you're into sports gambling or gambling in general, it's the lifestyle shirt. It's a new long sleeve tee. I'm a big fan of long sleeve tees. And on the front, on the, on, on the chest, it has a small logo of the Big Bet podcast. That's the gambling podcast with me and Dr. Kyle Bowser. And on the back, what's it say? It says money won is twice as sweet as money earned. And uh, th- that's how I live. Uh, I've been doing that since I was about 16 years old. I, I, I love to gamble, poker, billiards, sports, props, you name it. It's, it's a lot of fun. And uh, then my boy, Maddie, Maddie is a, uh, a trickster. He's, if you're into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he is the Loki of the DWZ crew. And he came up with a propzilla. He and Dr. Kyle call me Propzilla. So on the front, it's a uh, it's a, a dinosaur Godzilla-looking thing. And on the back, it says, uh, in Memphis, we trust Mr. Propodopolis. So it's it's a fun little shirt. If you're looking for some unique shirts just to kind of cruise around the, the town or uh, hit up the gym, head over to Viridian Global, search collections, search Dynasty Warzone. You'll find all of our sweet gear. So there you go, Jerry. Two commercials down. Let's get into QB number six. Now, I'm honestly surprised this next dude's not higher. It is Justin Herbert, L.A. Chargers. Uh, We have one ranker, has him as high as four. I have him at five. You have him at seven. Collectively, we have him at six. Tell me about a young man uh, who shaved off all of his sweet hair and uh, looks 12, but plays like a a grizzled vet. Justin Herbert, Jerry, give give me something. Uh, he needs to grow the hair back. I think that's the problem. If uh, if he still had the hair, I would have him a little bit higher, but he didn't. And he needs to keep also the baby like the whole baby. Samson and Delilah thing. If you want to get yeah. biblical, yes. Uh, I mean, what is there to say about Mister Herbert? He came into the league as one of the disrespected rookies coming in. There were people that liked him. Don't get me wrong; he wasn't universally hated. Uh, but the, it was more popular to not be a fan of him. It was all about Tua. Tua was the guy, and Burrow was the guy, and Herbert was just there. He was he was Daniel Jones. Like he was he wasn't gonna be much for you. He was he was the leftover. And then he went absolutely freaking bananas. And I don't know. It, it, he has to be here. He's young. He's unbelievable. Keenan Allen is unbelievable, and he's got him. He's got Austin Eckler. You know, he got rid of Anthony Lynn, who's now going to be the Detroit Lions offensive coordinator. So, I, like I think little, hopefully, it, hopefully, it helps Swift. I think that'll be a good thing. I do too. I'm just being. I've an always believed some guys. Yes, you are. Because I've always believed some guys like Pat Shermer, much better OC than he was a head coach. So give Anthony Lynn a, put some respect on his name until he screws it up. But but go ahead, keep going. That's true. I mean, now that he's got the Honolulu Blue, he's going to screw it up. But that just comes with the territory. I mean, Justin Herbert's good. Justin Herbert's elite. He's young. He's he's shown you everything that he needs to show you that he's ready for this for this job. It, this was this was his test. They said, 
here, sir, we're going to sit down for an interview and you're going to interview. And that boy knocked it out of the park and he set up, he said, if you have him on your team, you probably got him at like 110, 109. And now you've got a quarterback for the next, you know, however long, minimum six, seven, eight years. Uh, Got to be thrilled by that. I mean, there's the guys that are ahead of him. They definitely have higher ceilings, but to think that he is going to drop off, I don't, I don't really see that. Uh, he was your man's. You talk about him a little bit. You know, I, I had him below Lamar Jackson, but it's just because of the lack of running. But to your point, definitely a better thrower. Definitely safer, I think. Well, I mean, he was only, you know, big, tall, strong, played in a power five college. I mean, no wonder Twitter hated him. We, we all want the six foot one Tua with a bad hip. Why wouldn't we? We want the guy who came out of nowhere. Nah. We don't, we don't want the academic All-American in chemistry. Nah. We don't want the guy who's overcome, you know, bad teammates and bad coaching. Nah. Give me that limited dude that his own teammates in, in Miami are like, I'm not sure he has it versus this guy who has it. I, I love Justin Herbert. N- not a whole lot to a- expound upon. And I know I'm in the minority. Uh, I listened to a, an interview with Brandon Staley, the new head coach. He's been making the, the interviewing rounds. I heard him on Colin Cowherd. I saw him on McAfee. I saw him on – if you get the opportunity, just search Brandon Staley interview and be pre- be prepared to be impressed. This guy knows football. I don't know what he's going to be like as a leader of men and biting kneecaps like they're going to be. Just gonna say, Dave, was there any biting of kneecaps? There, there was not, but there, there was a lot of uh, adult conversation around the game of football, and I came away thoroughly impressed with Brandon Staley. So I think Justin Herbert's in good hands. I know uh, Staley was a, a former D.C. right there in L.A. with the Rams, but the guy played quarterback in college, and, and I fully expect him to do good things with this man. And, and then speaking of my men, uh, guys that I love, this next guy comes in at number five, and I'm, I'm going to have words with one of our rankers. We had eight members of the staff here at the Dynasty Warzone. It may be seven as soon as the end of this podcast, but it's Josh Allen. He is number five, consensus across the board. Uh, I'm hoping this is a typo. We have him as high as number two. For one ranker, one ranker has him as low as eight. I personally have him at three. You have him at five. You are right on consensus with the group, Jerry. I will just say this. You know, Josh Allen is what I call the trap. Now, Jerry, you used to play poker. Um, You've gambled. You know what it's like to set a trap for a fellow fellow gambler, right? Oh, yeah. Check raising all day. A a, a trap is a trap. Josh Allen is going to cause a lot of people to jump into a bear trap. They're going to say, well, Josh Allen can certainly do it, and he's a unicorn. To this point, Josh Allen is the quarterback unicorn. Let let me just read you his completion percentage by year. Rookie year, 52.8. Sophomore year, year two, 58.8. Nice 10%-ish, a little over 10%. Went from 53 to almost 59. I give you a solid thumbs up. Great job, Josh. And then it went from 58.8 to 69.2, and that gets you that Scooby-Doo, that huh? Huh? What? It, it went from 3,100 yards passing in year two to 4,500, 20 passing touchdowns to 37, eight rushing touchdowns. What I like is he rushed the ball 100 times, but he rushed for less yards. He feels more like a tactical scrambler, although he does seem to be a run. I think there will be, if any team is going to invest in the running back position, whether that be free agency or the draft, it's got to be Buffalo. Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, they are uh, one's a crumb bum, the other is a shoe clerk, and they'll be looking 
to mix in somewhere. I saw in uh, Mel Kuyper's mock draft, whatever version he's on now, I saw that they were uh, they had Najee Harris to Buffalo at 30. I don't think he makes it that far. I really see Buffalo maybe being in the Aaron Jones. Uh, I, I could see them maybe even trying to save a couple of bucks and bringing in like Marlon Mack, someone like that. But I, I really feel like a, a running back upgrade may curb some of his rushing but he's still going to be the goal line back. Big dude. He's a Haas, man. For me, he's number three. Um, he didn't lose his defensive co- – excuse me, he did not lose his offensive coordinator in Brian Dayball. He uh, he made it through this this year of coaching hire. So I think the arrow continues to point all the way up in Buffalo. Now, Jerry, you have him at five. We're going to get into the uh, the top four here in a minute, but why uh, why five? It's not anything on Josh Allen. It's just that I like the guys that are above him. Josh Allen is something. You want to talk about a unicorn? Let's talk about 10 passing touchdowns his rookie year. Let's talk about 20 touchdowns his second year. And then this year he threw 37 touchdowns. So by that math, by by, by that progression, he's due for somewhere in the neighborhood of 74 touchdowns. Yes. We we Uh, have him way too – we're way too low. I believe exponential is the word uh, that goes with Josh Allen. He's, I, I think there is a good argument that he is the MVP of the NFL this year. Um, he has been awesome. He literally picked that team up, you know, out of, out, off of the table, off of the broken table, lifted them up, fixed the table up again, and threw a lot of teams through it this year. Um, that's a good team. He's, I, I was wrong. I was wrong on Josh Allen. I I did not see that coming. And not only, even when he had the improvements from year one to year two, I said, this man still only passed for 20 touchdowns. I I don't see it. And then he said, Jerry, sit down, little boy. Let me show you a little something. And that's what happened this year. Good on you, man. And I don't have a lot of Josh Allen. And let me tell you, Randy, that sucks. That sucks so bad. He told you to go have a poop sandwich. Yes, Jerry, he did. Go, go. And no, he didn't. He didn't even tell me to eat it. He just smushed it right into my face. Uh, I laughed the whole time. I will tell you this, especially to our younger listeners. Uh, Josh Allen did not get a pick where he worked for a living, but Chase good management, Chase management and leadership that believes in you, and not management and leadership that will expect you to conform to what they want to do. What's going on in Buffalo is a clear indication of what happens when your leadership group invests in you and invest in your career and uh, want you to work with with great people. So I, I think that's as much to be celebrated as, as it is Josh Allen's accomplishments. This next guy, I'm so proud. I am so proud of our group of rankers collectively on this next guy. He is four overall. Uh, he is as high as three for you. And as low as six, but we have Dak Prescott, number four, coming off the injury with so many dynasty services right now. It's out of sight. It's out of mind. But I'm sorry, Dak Prescott, he's the right guy in the right place. You know, his uh, offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, interviewed for some jobs, but he didn't get them. I think the defense will be improved. Uh, they hired the guy who was in uh, Atlanta. They, they They fired the 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 one guy who was terrible and if I'm drawing blanks on on names here uh, Dan Quinn is the new guy I don't remember the old guy's name but Dan Quinn so the uh, the the defense should be better but I think the offense is still going to be absolutely electric because not only is Dak Prescott coming back but you know th- they should be investing maybe a little bit in the offensive line 
you're going to get Amari Cooper, still good at football. CeeDee Lamb, one of my favorite young wide receivers in all of the game. Michael Gallup is in the perfect role for what Michael Gallup does. They'll get Blake Jarwin. They have Dalton Schultz, who did okay. And, and they still have a guy named Zeke Elliott. Overall, just a, a tremendous offense. And we've seen this guy go bananas. So I, I am still very bullish on Dak. He is my four. Uh, I would, you know, obviously if I have Allen three, you know where we're getting ready to come up on some names. So, Jerry, you have him at three. You're a little bit higher than me. Where, where does your love for Dak come in? I have him at three, but he's actually a lot closer to two. He actually might be my two. Um, um, Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, my wide receiver 12 overall, Michael Gallup. Zeke, you just named them all. This is the dude that came in last year. Let's... Randy, 450 yards passing. The very next game, 472 yards passing followed up in a losing effort because guess what, Randy? That defense is so bad, and they're going to continue to be so bad, which means they're going to need Dak Prescott to pass. But against Cleveland, 502 yards. Those are touchdown totals of four. Four and four. Oh, my goodness gracious. Now, I don't know about you, but if you get 400 yards in a game as a quarterback and you score four touchdowns, uh, your team is probably winning. I love Dak Prescott. I think he could easily be the two. If he's anywhere between two and four, I'm not upset about it. Like you said, I have him at three, but that's because I'm a Kyler fanboy. Nothing, Nothing really opposed to that. Dak's awesome. Um, he, if he wasn't the most acquired player by me during the course of this season, I would be very surprised because the moment that guy went down any league where I looked at anybody and they had Derrick Henry just dominating and I don't have a ton of Derrick Henry. So, uh, okay, let me go scoop that man up. Or, you know, you went against the team that had, Tyreek Hill and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, and I looked at my roster and I didn't see those guys. I'm going to go get Dak Prescott. I'm going to try and win next year. So I have a ton of Dak Prescott. I love Dak Prescott. So if anything tells me about that, it means he's going to fail miserably next year and I'm going to cry and be curled up in the corner weeping. But no, love Dak. I, I, love I, don't, think, I don't think it's possible. So let, let me read you the list. So I'm going with your standard ESPN basic scoring for, for fantasy football in head-to-head or, or whatever format. Let me read you the list of quarterbacks on a per point-per-game basis that scored more than Dak Prescott. Are you ready? Fire away. I can't. There are none. He oh. scored He scored 27.1 points per game in that format, and that includes 17 in Week 1 against the Rams, one of the better defenses. I think statistically it was the best defense in the NFL last year, and then the game he got hurt where he had 13.4. So let's say he's averaging 27 points a game in his handful of games in 2020. Let, you can give him a 10% haircut, and that puts him at 24 points a game. You can give him a 20% haircut, and it goes down to 21 points a game. You have got a stud. You have got such a safe floor and such a volume of ceiling. I, I, I maybe have him a hair low based on uh my number two and my number three but I think Dak is going to be a stud now you you mentioned it man Kyler Kyler comes in at number three Uh, I'm I am the cause of this you know he he would probably be number two if it wasn't for my my shenanigans I have him at six 
I will get into my concerns with Kyler. Uh, why don't you get into it? Because you are tied for uh, tied for the highest ranker with a couple of others. You have him second overall. Uh, break it down. I mean, I've always been a bit of a Kyler guy. You know that. I mean, not actually, not initially. Uh, as a prospect, I did not like the fact that he was short. I fell for that. Uh, but no, dude can run. And if there is one person that is fun to watch play the game, it's Kyler Murray. And he's got DeAndre Hopkins, who is getting up there in age, but he's not he's not that old. And he's going to bail him out of a lot of situations, like we saw with the Hail Mary. I love guys that have that baseline elite level quarterback rushing and it's Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray just has it all of a sudden he's got like 30 rushing yards, but he's got two, two touchdowns rushing it. And you look at his numbers and you go, okay, well he's got 86 passing yards. How the hell do I have this many points? And then you see, Oh, he hit the corner because he took a snap rolled out and just hit the corner and scored every time. He's fun to watch like that. Uh, I think we need to move on from the Cliff Kingsbury experiment, like we've been saying since he was hired. But other than that, I, I, I think this team is set up. And I think if they can get a running back that, you know, can also pass catch and is also good and is better than Kenyon Drake, everybody knows I'm not exactly the biggest Kenyon Drake stand that there is. I think that'll be even better. If they can get one of these rookies or they get – you know, even if it's a James Conner who can pass catch. Okay, thank you. I'll take that every time. I just, I like Kyler. Elite rushing, good passing, good offense, good wide receiver that can bail him out of situations. Give me it. My concern as the the member of the group who is ranking him the lowest at six, and I still think that's that's pretty a lofty company, and I do have him ahead of Lamar. Here, here's my fear. If you go back to this regular season, again, standard ESPN, basic QB scoring, four point per passing touchdown, et cetera. Weeks one through 11, the QB won overall 28.3 points per game. Week 12 through week 17, he was the QB 18 overall and 15.8 points a game. Now he got nicked up in there. There was a, his, his shoulder was a concern. Here's the thing. He's not going to get any bigger. He's not going to get any more durable. And I thought for the first year and a half of his career, he was a lot like Russell Wilson, where he was just going to avoid that. I'm not so sure. And and how long going into year three, when this time next year, he'll be eligible for the mega extension, like Deshaun Watson just got, like Patrick Mahomes just got, like Josh Allen will be eligible for this year. And, and, and how late in the season, when does Kyler make a business decision? These are all things that concern me. Um, the talent is clearly there. We saw it for 11 beautiful weeks of him getting out there and the way that it was almost like the way that he was faking defenders out of their shoes reminded me of old school Allen Iverson crossing dudes up on a basketball court. It, it was that ridiculous. He made people look that bad. So clearly the talent's there. Um, my, my concern is, is uh, his head coach, his durability, and his size. So for me, if I had a choice between some of the guys we've already mentioned and him, I, I, I've got to I've got to take a couple of guys ahead of him. I just do. Uh, this next guy, uh, I have him at two, uh, as do a lot of rangers. Now you have him at four, and I'm not going to get into the reasons why because it's behind the uh, the Patreon paywall. But I just did a entire Patreon show on Deshaun Watson, and I'll just say this: his value doesn't change one iota. 
bad head coach, bad weapons. Eh, Will Fuller's okay. Bad head coach, bad weapons in Houston in 2020. Brandon Cook's okay. But and, and, and finished as strongly as he did. He can't go to a much worse situation. He, he really can't. The Jets aren't worse. The Dolphins aren't worse. And those are the only two teams he could go for. He's not going to leapfrog by number one. Uh, hashtag spoiler alert. I think you know who that is. But for me, he's as safe as safe can be. Uh, play calling doesn't matter. Teammates doesn't matter. He is just it. And if you go look at every measurable of quarterback play in 2020, there are a lot of them you will find he was higher ranked than Patrick Mahomes. I know Patrick Mahomes is still uh, going to be highly talked about in just a few moments. But for me, give me all that goodness with Deshaun Watson. And uh, don't care where he's playing football. He's going to stay my QB too. I've uh, got a, a long enough sample size to tell you that he is hashtag good at football. So, Jerry, you have him at four, um, which is on the lower end, which to say anyone at four is on the low end is kind of comical. But but tell me about your thoughts on Watson. Uh, it Yes, I have him at four, but it, it could easily be two. The dude is unreal. Um, to your point, what did you say? Bad wide receivers and a bad coach, right? Uh, I, I said I, I, I want to run that back. Um, meh wide receivers and a bad okay. coach. And Romeo, Romeo Cornell was a nice enough guy as the interim head coach, but he ain't getting that job. And his worst complete Completion percentage was 59%. He did that exactly once. He had over 70% completion. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times, including over 80 on one of them. This man threw two interceptions in the last 11 weeks of the season. What? You're going to tell me, as a member of the Houston Texans, and that situation that that man had to play in, he had two interceptions in the final 11 games. Um, Deshaun Watson is awesome. And like Randy said, no matter where he goes, he is going to be good. He could even be a Detroit Lion and he would still be good. And that is saying something coming from my voice. Deshaun Watson's awesome. And if he was in Kansas City, he would be my one and he would do pretty much the exact same things that Patrick Mahomes is doing. I have no problem with anybody that has this man at two because he is awesome. And if anybody is downplaying him because he goes to the Jets or wherever he goes, listen, if I acquired Dak Prescott while he's hurt and I can scoop up a little bit of Deshaun Watson, Randy. <laughs> Yes, thank you. Uh, hopefully, hopefully you got a dipshit in your league that does that. Sorry, sorry to use the foul language, but you would in fact be a dipshit if you did that. Deshaun Watson's good. I don't, I don't really think he's going to leave because that would be such a piss poor move from their team. But anyway, sorry, Randy, I got a little sidetracked. No, no, you, you are good, man. I mean, the the, the guy's amazing. Like I said, uh, not much is going to change. I do like the fact that he plays indoors in Houston. I know it's a, it's a small thing. He plays Indy once a year. I, I like that nine games a year in a dome. It, it really helps, you know, in those wintertime games. Uh, I mean, all the guy did was, you know, complete 70% of his passes, 4,800 yards, 33 touchdowns, and then set a career low in, in INTs. You know, some of the Vegas guys that I listen to, like R.J. Bell, 
and Steve Fezzik, they think he, they, they have said they think he is the best quarterback in the NFL. But, you know, I'll use this as my opportunity to transition to our collective 101, the only unanimous 101 across the board, across all of our positional rankings as Patrick Mahomes. But I, I just don't think that you can discount Andy Reid. You cannot discount Travis Kelsey. You cannot discount Tyreek Hill. You cannot discount the fact that you play in a division with other good offenses and there's always going to be the need to score. I, I think there's too many pros. His, his extension does not kick in until the following year. I think there'll be some decisions made then. But the only way, the only way I could, in my heart of hearts, to were to to move someone ahead of Patrick Mahomes. Here's the only way, and it's never going to happen. Jerry, but are you ready? Yeah, shoot. Is, is if for some reason Deshaun Watson got traded to the New Orleans Saints. If for some reason Deshaun Watson got traded to the New Orleans Saints and he got Sean Payton, Michael Thomas, and Alvin Kamara, then then maybe we can have a conversation. But situation matters. It's part of the reason why I had my concerns about Joe Burrow. I think he's going to be okay. It's part of the reason why I liked Justin Herbert. Situation just means a lot. So I, I, he's Patrick freaking Mahomes, man. He's just Patrick Mahomes. It, th- this is this generation's version of getting Peyton Manning. When I first started playing a lot of fantasy and dynasty, you wanted Peyton Manning because he was just going to hang a beating on everybody every week. And he may not always be the QB1 on the season, but he's always in the conversation to be the QB1 on a season. So I think that's how special Patrick Mahomes is statistically. You know, obviously he could have as many Super Bowls as Peyton Manning in two weeks. So I'm not talking about like that kind of good. I'm talking about from a a fantasy football dominance standpoint. So I I love Patrick Mahomes. Do you have much to add on Patrick? It's kind of hard to, kind of hard to, to, to argue a guy who's the one all, the 101 for eight different rankers. I would love to hear somebody who would argue against him. Because that would be something else. It's tough because he's an elite talent and he's in an elite situation, like you said. I mean, Tyreek Hill and, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And even they they make Daryl Williams look like he's going to be just a monster. They got Travis Kelsey. I mean, let's look at it here. You ready, Randy? Now, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey both played in 2017. And that was not when Patrick Mahomes was the quarterback. That was the year he sat behind a certain Alex Smith. Alex Smith that season, still in 15 games, not a full 16-game season, 4,040 yards, 26 touchdowns, five interceptions. Why? I mean, he's never done that before. He hasn't done it since because he had Tyreek Hill and he had Travis Kelsey and he's got Andy Reid. I mean, I'm not trying to undersell Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is a freak. There's a reason this man is on the precipice of two Super Bowls. And honestly, he's a D Ford, pretty soft offsides, a bozo offsides, I should say, from having a three-peat in his first three seasons. So, yes, Patrick Mahomes is the dude. It's because he is the dude and because he's in the situation that just is just so conducive to fantasy points. Yes, Patrick Mahomes is one. If anybody disagrees, I would love to hear your reasons why. And if you can't come up with the five whys, like Randy says, you are just bullshitting me. Well, I, I will I will just say this. If, if you want to talk about what you see on tape and, and, and overall gameplay, maybe. Okay, maybe. But for what we do, from a dynasty and a fantasy football standpoint, metrically, it's going to be real hard to beat Patrick Mahomes week in and week out. So there you go, Jerry. 
Now, next week, unfortunately, we have to talk about tight ends. They save the save, save the worst for last, I guess. But we're going to do that, and then hopefully the week after that, we will get into the coaching carousel and the long term impact on some uh, on some dynasty rosters. But we have a full slate, man. We're we're not going to slow this train down one iota in the off season. We're going to continue to do mock draft Monday. That way, we can continue to have a full show for you guys every week talking about rookies, talking about how it's going to impact your roster. And then Jerry and I can continue to hit you with some overall dynasty. So you can have the best of both worlds. I think we have done a little uh, self-promotion. We have done a great job with the rookie classes the last three years. We have uh, helped a lot of people, and I always love those those comments and compliments. And we're going to keep that going, but we also want to keep the uh, the train of good overall dynasty advice rolling as well. So Two shows a week. We will be doing the big bet once a month. We'll talk about futures and schedules and season-long player props. And we'll do some guests and some tutorials if you're if you're just new to sports gaming. And then we'll throw some other stuff in here or there during the offseason. But uh, we're just heating up, Jerry. I'm ready to rock this rookie class, man. I- I'm ready for someone to try to convince me to overdraft someone just because they ran fast in their underwear. Uh, you know they're gonna. And, and listen... We don't even got the combine this year. We just got and a pro day. Yeah, we just we just got a dude with a stopwatch, and he's like three nine, and everyone's gonna be like, "Oh man, get out of here!" Listen, I'm excited. The, the rookie rookies is the best time because we're 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 hitting the rookies, and then we're gonna hit startups, and it, it's just a beautiful cycle. It's like a ah, uh, you could just put it in the Louvre. This the whole process of dynasty, and and I love it because we, you know, that's 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 why we play this game. We do we don't play redraft where it's just and and we scored points and then we won and you suck and that's fun. No, it's always grinding. It's always building. It's it's learning from every mistake. It's you know, it's just fun. Oh, it's so fun. Man, that's the thing. It, it's it's always something going on in Dynasty, man. You, you wrap up the regular season. Uh, we always recommend taking a, a, a week or two off. Then then it's right back in into the grind of, of building and sustaining and cultivating and getting ready for uh, for your next roster. So listen, we'll be back here tomorrow. Doctor Kyle and I are gonna, you know, we're gonna talk a little prop bet, a little Super Bowl, and then next week we'll do a full scale big bet podcast to get you ready for the uh, the Super Bowl. And then we'll roll into our full-fledged off-season schedule. I am doing the Dynasty Happy Hour Contractor again. You can find that on the Dynasty Happy Hour podcast feed. But you can also find it live on YouTube here. It is the only show, at least the only one that I know of. And if there's another one, it's not original, like the Dynasty Happy Hour Contractor, where I bring you, the listener, on with me. We work on your roster together. And uh, we've had several champions from last year's Dynasty Happy Hour contractor shows. We're doing some recaps and, and we're doing some new shows. So make sure you check that out as well. But on behalf of that man, the well-shaven, the the nice hat having, the man of the hour, the man with the power, he is Jerry Sinclair. I am your boy Memphis. And remember, here at the Dynasty War Zone, we are just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here tomorrow with some big bets. Thanks, guys. I was uh, a little, little bit off of the... Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my 
Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. The member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds. Tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. <laughs>